You are listening to Value Engine's Magnet Minutes, hosted by Jordan Kemmel, a podcast for investors to tune into the markets and stay informed. Welcome to Magnet Minutes. This is Jordan Kimmel with an update for Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. And it's a pleasure to bring on a new friend and colleague. It's Rob Isbitz. He's the founder and chief investment strategist at Sun Garden, Sun Garden Investment Publishing. And uh, hey, Rob, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Jordan. This is great. Glad to be with you and looking forward to talking markets. Good. Well, well, Rob, we just met fairly recently. We had a really nice conversation. And what's really cool about this conversation is that you and I approach the market very differently. It's important to note that there's lots of ways in this industry. Uh, the only thing that's important to me is success and strategies that work. So where I am more of an equity guy, I know you are not only an ETF individual, but you're actually doing something in the bond market right now, which is super, super important. And that's why I really wanted to have you on. So um, so let me just share, you know, I've been in the business a long time as you have. There was something used to be called the 60-40 model, uh, very popular. You had 60% of your equity, 40% in bonds. Uh, that's over. And there's, there's, there's a, there's, you cannot have 40% in the bond market anymore. So that's kind of a setup for the conversation. But before we get all the way there, Rob, you may just want to share uh you have a storied career you may want to kind of just bring us what sun gardens really all about sure so yeah and and thank you um and by the way uh you didn't realize it but uh if you were in sort of sun gardens virtual offices what uh you actually said a curse word without realizing it which was 60 40. <laughs> Good. That's a, you know what? Then there's a lot of people still using it, and they'll be out of business uh, fairly well, soon. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if somebody wants to know where I've been as an investor, my journey uh, it started a long time ago. Just Google Isbits sixty forty portfolio, and you'll see all the things I've been writing about it for the better part of a decade. But you know, the quick story on me. You know, we're both numbers guys, so I'll I'll put it to you this way. So you know. 58 years on earth, but 42 years ago when I was 16, my late father, the guy pictured behind me, uh, and also the little note he uh, sent me when I opened my own firm 10 years ago, uh, Carl Isbitz, uh, native of, uh, of the Bronx and Bronx science, and uh, ironically with Sandy Koufax college roommate, he and a bunch of his uh, wow. friends uh, That's cool. uh, from New York recruited into Cincinnati. And uh, my dad roomed with him for the one year he was there. Sandy had uh, bigger things to do, like uh, uh, playing baseball for the Dodgers and uh, no hitters. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, 42 years ago, he teaches me charting. I fall in love with it. Uh, at the time, we didn't have the computer systems we did. We were doing it by hand. And um, you know, it started as kind of a science, became a bit of an art form as time went on. Started my career uh, on Wall Street uh, in 1986. I was a North Jersey kid, Fairlawn. And, uh, you know, across my career, I went from the back office 
to the brokerage business, to the okay. RIA business, to being a partner of an RIA, to being the CIO of uh, about a $3 billion firm at the time, um, uh, which got much bigger <laughs> without me uh, and good for them. Uh, but also uh, about 10 years ago, uh, you know, I sort of came into my own, my wife and I started our own uh, practice, which was called uh, Sun Garden Investment Management. And then uh, two years ago at age 56, uh, in 2020, and not really because of COVID, but just sort of synced up with it. Uh, I, you know, I was always a investor like you, but in a financial advisor's clothing. Uh, mm. I'm not a CFP, I'm an investment advisor. And now I'm really an investment strategist signal provider because two years ago, I sold the advisory part of the practice continued on at least indirectly uh, providing model signals to the buyer and now extending that service, that model signal service to other advisors through a platform called uh, Tactive Wealth, uh, but also doing a lot of uh, writing and publishing and um, uh, like I've done for Forbes, US News and other places over the years. So that's that was kind of my, my, my journey on how I got here. But uh, you know you can you can take the boy out of Jersey, but uh, you can't take Jersey out of the boy. And what this boy learned in Jersey was technical analysis of stocks and now ETFs. And to me, it's the endpoint in after you've done the basic analysis to figure out what you're willing to own at a price. Uh, the technicals take over, and I live and breathe them, and really try to teach them. As well. Right. So, so let me let me let's go there for a while. And first of all, you um, Bronx Science, your dad and I share an alumni. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it was a great school, probably even better when your dad uh, was there. But um, I'm a New York guy and uh, went up to took the D train to Bronx Science and a uh, heck of an education and, and kind of led me where I'm going. So, so let's just talk about this for a minute. Um, I'll let you get a little bit uh, combative, if you will. The old book, I'm sure you read it, Random Walk Down Wall Street, something that I don't believe in, but basically talked about flipping a coin over and over again and heads or tails and created a chart based on that where people wanted to know what was that chart on because it looked like it was about to break out. Mm -hmm. And so what Magnet is, Rob, is we combine fundamentals and technicals. Uh, and, and certainly uh, I have all kinds of charting programs open on my computer right now. But there are people who say charts give you an idea what happened, um, but charting is nonsense. Mm -hmm. um, how do you respond to that? Sure. So uh, when it comes to charting, uh, I, I liken it to uh, the NFL. I've written a couple of books. I wrote about this in the first book, which was called Wall Street's Bull and How to Bear It, a um, long time ago. So all week you interview NFL players and they go through their drills and, and training and then they get to Sunday. Well, the only thing that really matters in the end is what the score is on Sunday. It doesn't matter how well you trained and, and, and you know, if, if you kept yourself in good shape and what you ate and drank and whatever, it's Sunday. And to me, uh, the charts are Sunday. 
they tell you what people are doing as opposed to what they say they're doing. And to me, that's a world of difference. Now, I will tell you this, okay? Just as there are many, let's call it uh, sloppy or uh, dare I say, ignorant fundamental analysts, same with technical. Uh, and you know, we won't have enough time today, but I'll simply say, looking at a chart is not just looking at a chart and it is not as simple as an algorithm. It is accumulated experience it is multiple time frames, and at the end of the day, it is not about picking what is gonna go up or gonna go down. To me, it's all about evaluating the following, okay? I believe that any investment at any time has a chance to make money. It doesn't matter okay. if it's a cryptocurrency you never heard of, okay, that was invented as a joke, <laughs> all the way to, uh, you know, Apple common stock, okay? Any of those things can go up at any time, anywhere. The difference between investments A, B, C, D, E is how much risk of major loss is attached at that moment. And that is how I chart. Okay. So if you will, it's from a sense of first avoid the big loss, and once you take that off the table, that's what I call risk management, avoid big loss, and then try to make as much as you can. And uh, again, the technique is something that would take a, a different conversation and, you know, right. some investment. No doubt. We no doubt. So. Right. And, and so when I, I challenge you on charts, it's not because I don't believe in them. I use point and figure yeah. charts. Uh, I, I like to use charts. And, and so, um, the question I'd then ask you is when you do your, your investment homework and you make a decision and you decide to put a trade on, do you believe in stop losses or, or do you double down when things go against you? So that is an awesome question, Jordan. And here's why it's an, it was an awesome question five years ago. It was an even more awesome question a year ago. It's the most awesome question of 2022 for those of us who are professional investors, because I believe that where our industry, and I think this is the influence of just so many people being in it. Okay. Uh, you know, again, I'll go back to a sports analogy. I'm a team sports guy, obviously <laughs> from everything, all the analogies. So uh, when, when, a, when you are looking at an investment, you have to look at two things. You have to look at that investment, and then you have to look at how it impacts the overall portfolio. And what you and I do have in common, okay? See, I use, I use fundamentals and quantitative analysis as a screening tool to define a universe that is limited for that moment in time. The things that I am willing to invest in at the right price and then the technicals take over. It's only when I refresh the fundamental quantitative list you know, that it makes sense. So uh, when, when I am making any decision, I, I am, of course, of course, I'm looking for things that have a low probability of big loss and have upside potential. The sooner the better, but if it takes longer and it's a steadier chart pattern, that's, that's great too. But uh, what goes into a portfolio is what 
works best alongside all of its investment buddies in the portfolio in the same way that, uh, if you don't mind a quick baseball analogy, okay, Mike Trout might be, who's a Jersey guy, might be the best player in baseball, maybe for the last decade, hadn't won a championship. Why? Because he was the star of the portfolio, but there wasn't enough around it and they didn't make the moves over the years to put enough around him to make it happen. So that to me, there is so much focus on what I would call bottom up investing right now. And I have no problem with bottom up investing, but if there's bottom up investing without a top down framework and, and looking at a portfolio as an ongoing team performing for you, then I, 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 don't, I don't have much in common with that. Okay. And so, you know, we, we definitely do things differently. We, there's a lot of commonality in there. Um, I'll say again, um, just for fun, you didn't answer the question, Rob, do you get oh. stopped out or do you double down? Sure. So, uh, I don't use stops. Uh, you're saying if something goes down. So I, I think, look, we, we both know the answer. I think what happens is the chart's going to turn real negative. And when the chart maybe turns negative, you probably do as well, I'm guessing. Well, so, so let's, that, this is where timeframes come in. And with every investment, I look at it over, well, I track 12 different timeframes, everything from one minute. 12 timeframes. Wow. 12 timeframes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now, I'm not saying I use 12 timeframes, okay? Uh, it, uh, a, a quick primer on ch time frames and charting uh, for, uh, at least from Rob Isbitz, for your audience, okay? There's a lot of different time frames. To me, the truth, the real truth is Please. in the weekly. Weekly, okay. The weekly, okay? The daily can be helpful. The monthly is good, but you can't pay too much attention to it because, you know, it turns like an oil tanker. Um, but when you get down, when I have decided that something works on the weekly and the daily, or I might not even get to the weekly because it's a shorter term trade, it's more tactical and I'm a tactical manager. But once you get through the daily, okay, what you're looking for, at least what I'm looking for is I want to see four hour, I want to see two hour, I even want to see an hour and 30 two hours. As an I'm, advisor, okay, okay. I'm ready. In other words, the once I've decided I'm going to buy something or sell something, uh, I have zeroed down to, am I going to do it this week? Then am I going to do it this day? And then this, especially with the volatility we've had, an hourly chart moves like, you know, a weekly chart moves you to wow. sometimes. So it all comes down to having that, that, you know, it's one thing to say, I'm going to buy this. It's another to say, I'm going to buy it in this price range. And then the final is I'm going to buy it at this price right now. And so that to me is kind of the human active tactical version of a stop loss order because I'm watching it all throughout. But I always have an idea of where I think something can go, where it can't. What is unique about the market in 2022, as I have written in your audience, I believe this year more than any, technicals have failed in places they used to succeed. Hmm. And that's why amateur technicians are probably scratching their head and they should just try something else. I find that interesting. It's an interesting comment. So you, we're going to have to move along, Rob. You know, the conversation is interesting enough that, you know, we'll, we'll have you on again. and we, we could really dig a little bit deeper on that. Um, and, and before I go to where I want to go, I, I always like the kid that, 
if you don't like the chart, you could change the time frame and, and find, and if you look at a charts enough time, you're gonna find that same exact instrument has a the setup you're looking for if you're predisposed uh, to looking for something. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I hope, and, and again, I, I know your dad taught you right because what we said in the top of the show, there are people, Rob, as you know, that, that take the same newspaper and look at the new low list first. And there's others that look at the new high list first. Uh, and as long as you have an approach, a discipline uh, that works for you, the key is uh, there's a lot of different ways to do things. Oh, there's no question. Okay. No question. So, so here's where I really want to go. Um, I have my own opinion on the market, but I didn't ask you to come on the show for that. Um, there's a lot of people talking about a lot of things. Um, and, and when you're in the industry long enough, you, you run into people all the time that said, you know, last year I said so-and-so, and I told you that was obvious then, and, and this was so obvious then. Tell me if and what. There's something that you're looking at, because I'm not that good around looking around the corner. Uh, so I know what's making the headlines, but what would you advise both an investor and a trader, but more so an investor, what are you thinking about and realizing right now that's really causing you to take certain actions that's not in the daily news right now? The era of free money is over, period. Next question. <laughs> Okay, well, we can no, wrap no, it up. And it's showing up. It's showing up in the. I mean, it's showing up in the chart patterns. It's been. It's been leading to this for the longest time. And by the way, one other thing, just you know, why am I a bigger believer in technical analysis than I was maybe even twenty years ago, even ten years ago? Because now it's not a bunch of people like me that were considered voodoo artists back in the day. Uh, it's what the algorithms are looking at. It's mm -hmm. what they're following, and. So I believe that you, you risk being an, unform, an uninformed investor if you don't at least understand what the charts are saying. The market always tells us a story. The problem with most investors, we don't listen. And I think you and I are the exception to that. And I guess the other thing I'd add to that is, you know, you, you make money on what you think you know, you lose money when you find out after the fact that there was something that you didn't know. And to me, the charts help you from another dimension, just like value engine equity ratings help from another angle. Excellent. Excellent. So you know what? Uh, I think it's a great discussion, Rob. I really appreciate you joining us. And um, what I like the fact to summarizing is that you'll take fundamentals uh, and include them maybe to create the watch list and, and then work off technicals. Uh, I know people that say, please, before you show me a chart, cover up the name so I don't know what it is. I just want to look at the chart. And I think that um, those people might be working with uh, half a full tank anyway. Um, you, you, are, you are talking about 2022 first quarter commodity sector because that's exactly what happened. And if all you did was look at the chart and not look at what was going on around us uh, and in the commodity sector and how rare some of those moves were, then 
you you got bludgeoned and he just didn't need to. It was what you didn't know. There's no right. such thing as technicals without context. Right. So what one reason, Rob, I know you're smarter than I am is you're down in sunny Florida and uh, I'm still up in the Northeast. So I know you're smarter than I am and that that's a given. Uh, but I really want to thank you for joining us. And it's Rob Ibbets. It's the founder and it's the chief investment strategist of SunGarden uh, Investment Publishing. Publishing. And I knew I'd get that right. And uh, we really look forward to you joining us again. Thanks for the time today. Thank you, Jordan.